Welcome into another edition of Gateway to Baseball Heaven. I'm your host, Angel Shop Diet C70. With me, as always, David Jones, iPop editor. We haven't recorded in about a month um, due to one, it's the holidays and a lot of things get busy around that time. But what doesn't get busy typically is Major League Baseball. Um, so there wasn't just a whole lot to talk about, um, but it has picked up a little bit in the news section of things, David, over the last little bit. Um, but before we get there, how were your holidays? How is everything going? Things are good. I, I will admit I have missed talking baseball a little bit. And part of that is just because we've been away, but part of that is because almost nothing has happened. Um, outside of being a Dodgers fan, uh, there aren't a lot of markets out there right now. They're doing a lot of celebrating and loving what's going on. So, um, uh, yeah, holidays were great. Christmas was great. Um, I know you had quite the display on at your house, which um, sad to see that go. But uh, great holidays, and I'm ready to get back into baseball season now that we've kind of turned the calendar. Do you think that come um, you know the trade deadline, the Dodgers will actually just buy any team that's not that's they're competing with them? <laughs> and so it'll make it a little easier, you know, like if they'll just buy the Yankees or something like that. I, I don't know. It feels like it this, this nowadays. Yeah, it's just going to be kind of like a corporate takeover. Yeah. Uh, they're going to absorb the company and just take on their, yeah, take on all their people. And um, MLB will let them have like an 82 man roster or something like that. But yeah, um, yeah, right now they're kind of becoming the new evil empire. Mm. I don't think they're quite as hated as the Yankees were in the late nineties, but it's getting there. And if they start winning, uh, it's definitely going to happen because it does have that feeling of just buying victories at this yep. point. Although they have one world series to show for it since the late eighties. So it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to win, but it sure does increase their chances. Oh, I mean, again, you know, they've won the won the West, I think, every year but one, what, in the last 15 years. You know, you're, eventually those odds are going to start paying off, uh, even with the, the postseason being the crapshoot that it is. Um, yeah, it's just, um, it's, it, there was always the, the, always the problem. Always remember this, you know, when Moneyball was coming out and then you had the Rays and you had, all these teams that were being smart because they had to, right? They had to be smart to counteract the financial advantages the other teams had. And we said, once a rich team got smart, we were in trouble. And that's pretty much what the Dodgers are doing, right? I mean, they, they've gotten very smart people. They're drafting well. They're bringing people to other stuff. And they have absolutely no compunction about spending money. And, I mean, again, you hate to fault it, right? You'd rather a lot of teams were like that. But... It is a little bit frustrating when you you know, would like to see some of these free agents go somewhere else and all of a sudden it's like, oh, the Dodgers, they go out and get another player. And, you know, the Cardinals are sitting here with their three starting pitchers that they got back in November. And I don't think if you add them all up, they don't equal about, you know, any of the other free agents that the Dodgers have had. Yeah, it's definitely a case of the rich getting richer. And when you have the money, you can do more things. Yeah. And you, I mean, you even go deep into this thing. They have a better scouting department. They have more scouts. They have more player development because they spend more money on those things than other teams. The Yankees are in that group too. They are spending so much more money on those things. And as a result, their farm systems are better. They have better players coming up in development. And so, yeah, it's the rich getting richer where you have a couple teams here who have just incredible farm systems. But at the same time, they also have incredible big league teams because they're spending so much money or they're trading those prospects that they don't even need to get star players. And um, until baseball, and I say until, it's not going to happen, but until baseball gets some type of salary cap, these teams are always going to find a way around the rules and regulations they try to put in. Any competitive balance talk, you can throw that out the window. Mm -hmm. uh, these teams are smart enough to figure out ways around this, whether it's paying a tax, um, whether it's figuring out signing bonuses or deferred money. They are smart enough and they are smarter than the rules creators uh, to know what they're doing. And so at least for the short term and short term being 10 plus years, probably this is the new reality, and I think they're only going to find more ways to exploit it, and we're going to continue to see a bigger divide between teams like the Dodgers, the Yankees, and other teams like Pittsburgh, Oakland, etc. The only good thing is, I think, if I'm right, that if you violate the 
at least some of the levels of the, the thresholds of the competitive balance tax enough, you get penalized in the draft as well. Um, I, and it, again, you know, granted, that's a, a minor thing, but if the Dodgers could at least draft later, maybe not get some of those guys that, you know, at some point in time, maybe they become top heavy and, and who knows. But, you know, like I said, right now, Boy, it's it's you'd probably if with if you don't have an attachment to a team, you want to be a Dodger fan right now, um, because it's a it's a team that that is definitely trying to win, and that's not something that you can say about all the rest of Major League Baseball all the time. Because, as you said, it's been a very quiet winter. Um, it seems like we're going like like maybe a player a week, if that, um, at times, and. You know, there's just not anybody else out there that is being aggressive enough that make you makes you think that they want to win this in the next year or two. Yeah, and you know, on top of what every everything that's going on right now, we have this Bally's mm-hmm. mess with the Sinclair Group that the Dodgers. This does not affect them; they're essentially immune from this because there was somebody else. But it's affecting the Cardinals. It's not affecting the Cardinals as much as other teams, but it's affecting the Cardinals. It's really affecting teams like the Padres, which we've seen them have to do a sell-off. They had to get rid of Soto. Um, Snell's not going back there. Mm-hmm. You know, this team that spent so much money last year that were probably World Series favorites at one point, they're basically in a sell-off because of this. And it, it's unfortunate because it really you can't really point the finger of blame at owners or MLB teams. This was kind of out of their control to an extent. Uh, now, maybe you could argue a few things there, but that is the reality. And so we've got some of these outside forces right now that's actually causing teams to be less competitive while you have other teams who are just going to go ahead and throw you know, money the size of a small country's mm-hmm. national product. It, it, it's just kind of... I don't want to say it's ridiculous because I don't want to sound like I'm an anti-capitalist or anything, but it it has kind of gotten out of control. And um, yeah, like you said, there are going to be people that are going to be Dodgers fans now, the same people that are probably Lakers fans. They were once Yankees fans. They're probably Cowboys fans and they like Duke basketball. Um, but yeah, they'll gravitate towards teams that are winning and to, to a few players they know. And I don't like it. And to be fair, you know, any, any team that wanted to make inroads in Japan pretty much has been shut out uh, now because it's hard to imagine, you know, any team having a pull in Japan like the Dodgers do with Otani and Yamamoto on the same team. Um, not that they weren't already having impact over there, but uh, I mean, that's, that's just adding to the market, which again, rich getting richer type of thing. So um who are not getting richer, as we said, are the Cardinals. And the Cardinals have, um, we, we have an article today from John Denton, who's talked to Bill DeWitt III, who is, you know, business side of, of baseball type of thing. That's his president of, of business operations. And he's basically said they're done. Uh, the payroll is where it's going to be. If there's a trade that sends out as much as it comes in, maybe they'll do something. But for the most part, this is the team that the Cardinals are going to see. Your thoughts just for there, because I know it's been a little bit frustrating for everybody to hear that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's one of those things I think in the back of our minds, we've all felt that was the reality, but we just wanted to hold out hope it wasn't true. But uh, it was one of those things I think if we were all being honest, we would have said maybe two weeks ago, yeah, I'm probably... 80% 80% sure they're done minus a bullpen addition or two, but it's kind of like fingers crossed. Maybe something could happen. Now you listen to Mo talk and Mo sometimes is kind of like, yeah, hey, let's not shut the door on the starting market. And then in the next sentence, it'll be like, but it seems highly unlikely. And you're like, okay, are you giving us hope? Or are you just giving us false hope? Um, and what, what I think is going on there and maybe I'm wrong, but I think Mo has no idea what's going on right now because of how slow the market's going. But, if the opportunity arose, someone like a Dylan Cease, someone who is still cost controlled, whose contract is going to be under $10 million a year next year, that could still make sense for the Cardinals, but it would almost have to fall on their lap. It would have to be a perfect trade opportunity. And so I think that's why the door is just slightly open, just in case a starter comes along who has a cheap contract. But for the most part, I think they're done. And yes, 
kind of saw this coming for a while, but it's still disappointing. Uh, and I'm still going to hold out a little bit of hope until spring training starts just in case, because maybe something will change. But it, it, looking at it, I mean, it looks like this team has taken a step back as far as spending goes. Now, overall roster, I think they're a little bit better than last year. But spending-wise, they've taken a step back, and it just seems odd. And that's where you know I would love to ask the DeWitts, is this strictly because of the Bally situation? Or does this have to do with ticket sales from last year and revenue being down from last year? If it's the Bally situation, and that's the sole issue, or at least a huge issue here, I get that a little bit. Okay, I can understand. Maybe it's a one-year blip. If it has to do with reduced revenue from last year because of ticket sales, merchandise, things like that, they're at risk of putting themselves in that same hole again and making things worse. If you want to sell tickets, if you want to sell merchandise, bring in the players that will sell tickets and sell merchandise. That's what I'm a little scared about, that they've kind of just filled this team up with some um, get-through-the-season type players who may be able to compete, but it, it it's just a little bit of a letdown right now looking at this total roster when I think we were all expecting just a little bit more. Where are you on all of that? Yeah, it's... Again... I don't want to say that the Cardinals should just go out and spend money to spend money. I, there's, there's definitely, you want them to be smart about what they're doing. Um, but, you know, in October, Bill DeWitt III is saying that they expected the Cardinals to climb the rankings of payroll, the payroll rankings, because they were 14th in last year. As of right now, they're like 15th or 16th, depending on how you look at it. Um, that's not going, that's not climbing. Um, you know, and again, you know, it's not that everybody around them has spent so much that they've fallen back. I mean, this has been a slow market, right? The Cardinals have not spent as much as the Royals, which is not something you get to say every day. Um, so, you know, to, to me, it feels like if this is Bally's, something has happened behind the scenes that we don't know about in the last couple months that the Cardinals are a little bit hesitant about that. They're not going to get all their money this year, um, which is a little bit weird because we thought this is the Cardinals are a team that is profitable at, on balance. I mean, you look at, you know, the fact that they are always like one, two, three in the rankings of, of, a, of a, you know, ratings. Um, it's a, it's an organization where you've read that the Bally's, you know, it's one of the ones that they would not, they're not planning to cut loose. Um, you know, again, at the end of the year, we may see something different, but for this season, they should expect to get their full revenue. And, you know, is this cutting back now? So they're saving for later. Is this, you know, something else has happened? I don't know, but it feels very weird to hear, you know, John Moselock at Build with the Third just a couple of months ago saying, you know, we want to be back in that 190 range. We're going to be back where we were before things started to go back. We've got this wake up call and we're going to, you know, be aggressive. And then to sign basically the three guys that show up on their door and knocking asking for a contract and do nothing else. Um, you know, it's just when you, when you go into the season hoping that something is going to change, it was still the pretty much the most Cardinals kind of off season that you could see. Yeah. Uh, I think you're exactly right. And you know, going by what we were hearing a couple months ago, if we knew today, or if we, it, you know, you're thinking about like, you know, you take that budget and put it forth today, like, it's still within the realm of possibility this team could go out and get a Jordan Montgomery or an Imanaga or even a Marcus Stroman. Like that fits within that budget that we were hearing about mm -hmm. several months ago. But that seems like so far fetched of an idea right now. There is no way they're getting Jordan Montgomery right now, even though they could get him and maybe not even touch 200 million, not get anywhere close to the first luxury tax threshold. Um, but it just seems like they're done right now. And I, I don't know, like, did is Arby's having a bad season or something like that? Are the DeWitt struggling? Did the, the Good Burger 2 promos not work well for Arby's? And 
it just seems so weird to me that this is happening. Like they're taking a step back. I, I feel like in some ways they're taking a gap year, um, (laughs) that a gap year while still trying to be competitive. But when you sign three pitchers who are all a little bit older now, gray, I'm going to kind of leave out of that, but cause gray, yes, like 34 or so, but, um, the guy is a great pitcher, but you look at Gibson, you look at Lynn, older guys, they sign who may be around for only one year. Uh, you're back next year to needing two more pitchers yeah. potentially. And I don't know if they think that Hints and Roby are going to be ready or some of these other guys they traded for are going to be ready, but they may be right back in the situation. And and maybe they're thinking, yes, we'll be back in that situation, but we're going to spend more money. But it's, I don't know, you know, I'm having flashbacks to last year when we found out that Contreras, a lot of his money was deferred and we thought, oh, maybe they're going out and getting a shortstop. Maybe we're going to mm-hmm. see them get Dansby Swanson or, or somebody like that. Nope. Nothing really happened. And this year we hear Sonny Gray, a lot of his money's deferred, only making $10 million this year. Maybe they're using that money for somebody else. Nope. They basically spent $5 million on a few relievers and that's about it. I don't know. I, 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 like you said earlier, maybe there's something going on with the Bally situation that this is blowing up even bigger or it's more immediate than they first thought. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm a little bit baffled by it. I, I'm encouraged by some of the moves. I'm glad they got Sonny Gray. I just expected a little bit more. And it still seems like at this point, more could be done. But I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I, it just, it doesn't really feel like it. And again, you know, the Cardinals went out and have gotten some relief arms. And we can talk about some of those here in a little bit. But They've done it in a pretty good way. I don't think we've seen what happens when John Mobzalock spends money on relievers. It doesn't necessarily go well. So, you know, and anybody that thought they were going to really be in on Josh Hader or something was not anybody that's <laughs> paid any attention whatsoever in a number of years. You know, is it a possibility they could get back with Jordan Hicks? I mean, maybe, I guess. Uh, it feels like that's a, okay, we know Jordan Hicks and we'll do it that way versus but he's going to cost us money and, and for four years or something, we don't want to do that. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, I it just, it feels to me like we've, and we've talked about this some, you know, the Cardinals wanted consistency. They wanted to raise the floor and that's why they went out and got Leon and Gibson. But it feels like you could have gotten probably a higher level of consistency by spending a little bit more money and you know been better because i again we we've talked about this it's this rotation is better because it has sunny gray but outside of that is it that much different than what we saw at the beginning of last year i don't know that it is i don't i I feel like you know going into 2023 you looked at that rotation and yeah you probably said you know you had a lot of ifs and but this could be good this could be this could be and, you know, now it's like you even have a little bit less of the this could be good because you just expect you, know, you kind of have a baseline of what these guys are. And you don't expect there's not a lot of upside in that, um, you know, not not like Jack Flaherty last year where it was like, OK, at least, you know, you ha- you could talk yourself into Jack Flaherty's going to, you know, make that step. He's going to be a free agent. He's going to, you know, really kind of get back to something like 2019. You really can't do that with the players that are on there right now. Yeah, I would have liked to see them go after somebody with a little more upside, mm-hmm. at least one pitcher. Um, you know, I'm looking at the Reds signing Frankie Montas to a one-year, $14 million contract. Uh, that seemed very doable for the Cardinals. Um, I know there was a mutual option for the year after that, but really he got a one-year, $14 million contract. Guy who struggled, but he has some really good stuff, and if he turns it on, gets it going. Yeah. Uh, Sean Manaya, another one, two years, $28 million with the Mets. Um, those are guys that I think you would be a little more excited about because yeah, their floor might be a little bit lower than Lynn and Gibson, but their ceiling is so much higher and they have the potential to do so much more. And I th- believe they're quite a bit younger as well. And so there were a few more guys out there like that. Let me ask you this though. Um, if this is the budget that Mo was given beginning of the year, and it, it may have been like, this may have been the money he was told he could go out and spend. How do you evaluate or rate Mo or even grade him 
on what he did with what he was given rather than what we were expecting. Because I know a lot of people would say, you know, Mo, wake up. Where are you? How come you're blah, blah? No, Mo can only do what DeWitt allows him to do. So based if this was what he was given, how would you evaluate the job he did in free agency based on those parameters? I mean, if if this is all he could do, you know, financially, I mean, it's hard to get too worked up about it. I still don't know. I mean, I know we heard Kyle Gibson say he had other teams interested. I just still don't know what the market was on those two guys. So I don't know how much credit you give for Mo for swooping in and getting them at a good deal versus, you know, kind of the low hanging fruit type of thing. Um, It's, it is difficult to imagine he could have done much better if this is the only layout he could do, Um, you know, without, I mean, then you start having to get into, okay, they, they make a trade for the Dylan Cease, but you know, maybe that costs you a Brendan Donovan, in which case, you know, are you really upgrading? Yeah, I don't, you know, that's an argument to have. So, I mean, yeah, I guess if this is the limitations that he has, and, and again, that may be a, uh, he, I guess we would say he shouldn't have had those limitations, but if it's, that's what he had, then yeah, maybe it's hard to, to argue with it. What do you think? Yeah, I'm kind of there too. You know, I've been looking at the list of pitchers who signed other places and guys who we thought the Cardinals might be interested in, uh, you know, my Ada, he got two years, and it seems like the Cardinals really were not wanting to go above one for these guys, but two years, $24 million, maybe that's a guy you look at a little bit. I, I don't love him as much as some people do, but even guys like Waka. Waka got 16 a year, um, two-year contract. Giolito, he almost hit $40 million over for two years. Uh, Seth Lugo got three years. So if, if this was the limit that Mo was given – yeah, you. I think you could probably swap out a guy here or there with the starters. You can't do much without having to get a lot more expensive. Um, you're not going to put in like a Tyler Malley or somebody like that who's hurt. So, yeah, I, I think he did okay. Um, we'll never know if that's the, the parameter that was there. But from what it seems like, he basically was handed a bargain bin budget and told to go out and find an ace and then some two other guys that could fill the spots. And yeah, it's happened. Now the focus has been put on the rotation so much, but if we look at the bullpen, I do like what they've done this off season. I think they've gotten quite a few guys. Actually, I think they've gotten so many guys uh, through random situations that they're going to have some guys in Memphis this year who probably could be with the big league club, but they're going to have a pretty good, they're gonna have a good quantity and quality of players. So I do like what he's done with the bullpen, even though they haven't made that splashy move, like getting uh Naris or hater or somebody like that. I think they've got some really good guys filling in. And so I'll give him some credit for that. He's, he's really made over the bullpen in some ways without spending much money at all. Yeah. And uh, we could talk about the fact that the Cardinals, you know, have made two trades for bullpen pieces, um, trading Tyler Neal to Boston um, for, uh, I've forgotten now. Robertson, I think, Nick Robertson. And um, then just recently uh, this week, uh, trading uh, Richie Pelosius to Tampa Bay for uh, Kettering, Andrew Kettering. So, I mean, we talked about them needing to clear out the, the outfield, which I guess they have. I mean, it's it still feels a little bit clogged, but I guess it's better than it was, right? Because you don't have O'Neill, you don't have Pelosius. Um, and they've gotten back pieces that are interesting there. Plus you've got your rule five, you've got your Riley O'Brien, you've got, you know, other ones here and there. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, that's the best way to do a bullpen is just kind of, you know, bits and pieces and put them together and try them for a year. And then if they don't work, you move on and, you know, they want to have that ability to send people to Memphis and bring them back, have that flexibility. So they've done a pretty good job there and hopefully the starters go deep enough into games that you're not seeing the relievers in the fourth inning like you were last year. Um, and you know, that makes it stronger as well. So they've, they've done good things there and I don't think I would fault the, the bullpen at all. It's just what they've done around the rest of the team just feels not enough. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I, I'm still confident the offense is going to be fine. I think they're going to be better than they were last year. Um, there's some guys that seem like they're either poised for uh, bounce back years or guys like Jordan Walker, who should just be better. Um, but I, I think this bullpen could be really good. But I think a lot of that depends on the starters, like you said. Uh, last year, it was just that snowball effect. Earlier on, early on the season, starters were not going long. Bullpen had to cover so many innings. By the end of the year, the bullpen was just completely taxed. And so I think we didn't really get to – I think some of the numbers were a little bit skewed on the bullpen because they had to pitch so much. Mm-hmm. But there were some bright spots last year. Um, JoJo Romero was one of those guys who was a real bright spot, especially second half of the year. Uh, the guy looked really, really good. Um, still only 27 years old, kind of figuring it out. I, I think he could be really solid. John King was another one last year who, uh, you know, he was one of those guys that I remember when the trade happened uh, with Montgomery and Stratton that um, people were kind of like, ha ha Cardinals, you know, actually took on John King. How crazy are they? And stuff like that. But I remember we looked at his FIP and his FIP and his ERA were so different from each other. It just made no sense whatsoever. We knew the guy had to be better. He comes over to the Cardinals and has a 1.45 ERA. Um, And so I'm, I'm excited about him. I think he's, got some talent i think we could see some good stuff from him guy still only 28 years old um but then yeah some of these new guys that i that i think have a lot of promise um kitridge who they just got in the deal uh guy has been really good for tampa bay i think he's going to be a good fit for the team um you know helsley gallegos i think you kind of know what you're getting there but then you got like ryan fernandez you've got riley o'brien you've got nick robertson Matthew Libertor, who knows where he's going to start? Maybe he's going to be in Memphis as a starter. Maybe he's going to be in the bullpen. Um, I think the quantity is there. I think the quality can be there. And if the starters can go a little bit longer and the bullpen can be a little bit better, you know, that may be worth an extra five to 10 wins this season. And then from there, you just hope that the lineup continues to get better. I'm not expecting this team to win 100 games, but I do think we will see a better bullpen this year. And if the starters can be better, that just means even more for the bullpen. So I'm a little bit bullish on the end of games this year and what will happen. I don't think we'll see as many blown saves. Um, I would still love to see one more pickup. I don't think it'll happen, but I, I'm a, I'm happy with where the bullpen is right now, especially because it has been so cheap and cost effective. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that said, and I guess you could probably say it about any, almost anybody's bullpen, but there are a lot of ifs. Um, I mean, there's not a, I don't think there's a, I don't know that there's a completely reliable piece in that bullpen, you know, cause Helsley, you know, is he going to be healthy? Um, you, you feel like he probably will be. And I think we saw a lot of that, but you know, is he to the point where they can, they feel confident enough to throw him back to back days very often. We saw a little bit of that last year, but how's that going to go? You know, Giovanni Gallegos, is he, you know, figured it, you know, he thought he was tipping at the end of the year. Was he, or, you know, is he going to continue his slide of the last couple of years? Um, you know, Romero was really good, but what can he do it again? You know, so there's a lot of that. I mean, that's, that's the way everybody's bullpen is. And I, I'm not trying to really like blame. I think you're absolutely right that they've done a really good job putting this thing together. And, you know, they look like they've added some, some swing and miss in, in regards to that for the most part, um, uh, which is good. I mean, especially, um, since the rotation is not necessarily going to have as much of it as that we might've have hoped. Um, so yeah, I, I think they've done a, a pretty good job there, but, you know, and hopefully, you know, if one or two of those things go bad, then you're still got enough depth that, you know, you can move on. It's not that you don't have to have every one of those guys pan out to have a chance. And then that's good. Yeah. And yeah, I didn't mention Palante and mm-hmm. I kind of skipped over him for, for a reason, but um, it just felt like last year, anytime he came in a game, something was going to blow up and it was not going to be good. Right. And you hope that he's better. Uh, this coming season, um, he's still young. Uh, I'm kind of iffy on him and maybe I know he's been working on some off season stuff. Um, but you, you know, you kind of see a profile with who the Cardinals are going after. You see them going after guys with a lot of the sweeper stuff. Mm-hmm. That's been become really popular. We see a little more, uh, swing and miss whiff rate stuff going on. Um, health, like you said, will play a big issue. Um, 
especially for guys like Helsley. Uh, you, you, they don't, like you said, they don't have that guy right now that you just, when he comes in a game, you're like, this one's over. Um, it felt like there were times with the Cardinals in the past where whether it was Rosenthal or Mott, uh, times where Kevin Segrist came in a game and you were like, yeah, I can get up and, um, go do something else, or I can go ahead and go to bed early because this game's over. They don't really have that right now, but you hope that somebody like that comes through this year. Even if it's a guy that's like a seventh or eighth inning guy, you hope that there's that guy that can come in in high leverage situations and you can say, okay, I feel comfortable. This guy's got ice water running through his veins. He's going to shut this team down. Um, I think they have the potential for those guys, and I'd much rather them give these guys a chance than spending, you know, fifteen to twenty million mm-hmm. on a guy, or you know, bringing in a Greg Holland like right. they did in the past, where that kind of blew up in their face. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to be a little more optimistic on the bullpen this year, um, more optimistic than I am on the rotation, <laughs> probably at this point. So the Cardinals today announce. Probably, maybe, maybe the worst cup secret in in baseball. Uh, Heimbloom, former Rays GM or front office guy, former Red Sox GM, front office guy, is being hired as a consultant assistant to Mo. Not sure exactly what the title is. It seems like it's going to be kind of an organic. He's still going to live in Boston. He's going to, you know, but he's going to evaluate. It's as people have pointed out, every single pitcher that the Cardinals have gotten this off season has, has had a connection to high and bloom. Uh, either, you know, he either drafted them in Tampa Bay or in Boston. So, or acquired them in one of those places. So, you know, maybe he's had a little bit more of a uh, audition period than we, we realize, but you know, what do you think is, I mean, you, you're adding another, eyes and you're adding outside eyes that I know I have spoken about a number of times. I think we have talked about it as well. That really feels like something the Cardinals have desperately needed for some time. Yeah. And it's no secret that the Cardinals both in the front office and on the field have kind of been limited and lacking when it comes to coaching and advisor roles. And so this year we've seen them add a couple positions on the field, some coaches that can help, but we're also seeing that happen up in, I don't want to say up in the booth, but um, up in most suite, I guess. <laughs> and so I, I love this move. Uh, Bloom is a guy that when he was in Boston, I, I know some people are, there's already a tweet out there about Mookie Betts Ooh. getting traded, almost like it was his fault. And no, it was not. Uh, but if you look at what happened to Boston's farm while he was there, their farm club prospect rankings jumped. They were bottom of the barrel. Like they were bottom five. And within a few years, they were in the top 10. And so I don't know how much input he's going to have with the Cardinals. I don't know if this is a full-time job, hands-on thing, or he's kind of just there to consult, but I don't think this is a bad move at all. And yeah, I don't think it's coincidence that these trades, rule five moves and everything are connected to him. And that makes me even a little more excited for what's going on with the bullpen. Cause I'm like, okay, did he kind of orchestrate this? Did he let Mo know like, Hey, these are the guys to keep an eye on, or these are the guys that have so much promise. If so, that's awesome. And that makes me even more optimistic for the bullpen and, and what could be happening with some of this stuff. But the, I, I don't see any way that this is a bad move at all. Um, I think he could actually accelerate the Cardinals, uh, both in their player development and in their farm system. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be good all the way around. You're right. He's He's got a good track record. Um, he comes from organizations that are thinking differently than the Cardinals. Um, and it's just, it just is another set of eyes that isn't somebody that, you know, I know the, I asked Mo a number of years ago at one of the blogger events, you know, how do they get away from group things to some degree? And they, and they said, Hey, you know, they have, they have ways, they have people that are, you know, dedicated to the opposite point of view that, you know, that's their, you know, maybe it's devil's advocate or whatever, but they still try to make those arguments. But if you're not completely from the outside, you don't always know what arguments to make, right? I mean, you're still, you're still kind of biased by how you've learned the, you know, the cardinal way, if you will. So just having somebody else that's had some experience and had some success somewhere else come in and give a little bit of, you know, oversight and, and thinking about, especially on parts of the organization like pitching development that has been a bit of a weakness over the last little bit. Um, I think it's huge. And again, I mean, is this somebody that 
if the season goes south, takes Mo's job. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, is he in the mix to do that? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know if the Cardinals would go that way or not. But just having that kind of guy and that kind of experience in the organization is, is a huge thing. Yeah. I, you know, it's one of those things that we heard so much about it early on and then it kind of died down that I started really wondering if it was kind of falling apart or something really wasn't happening. Or I thought, or is this just kind of like a little side gig where him and Mo were tight and mm-hmm. Mo's bouncing ideas off of him. But uh, for the Cardinals actually to come out, their Twitter account or X account, whatever it is, uh, and actually make that announcement today, it told me that this is something significant. Um, I know that he talked about kind of taking some time off to kind of be more of a family man. And so I really don't exactly know what his role will be. Um, When you think about all the titles, it almost sounds like he's got the same title as Molina in some regard. And um, it seems like that's what the Cardinals just do. They move people up there to be Mo's special assistant, Mm -hmm. consultant, whatever you want to call it. But um, it does seem like he will have a more hands-on approach with what's going on with player development. And, um, you know, if you want to be a skeptic, you could look at this and say, well, maybe this is a sign that, DeWitt's really trying to slash the budget even more and to be more like the the Rays. And so that's why they brought him in. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think that the Cardinals, I I, I could be wrong, but I think this year is going to be a blip uh, thanks to the Bally situation. And we'll see them start getting back to where they were. And so in a sense, you may just be giving Bloom a little bit more money to play with than he's ever had before. Um, because when he got to Boston, it's like as soon as he got there, they were slashing as well. So hopefully the Cardinals are back on the rise. And, you know, maybe we'll see some of these guys that they got in the organization just really start to take off. Or maybe we'll see some guys come over in trades really start to take off. But, um, yeah, this is I think this is pretty exciting. And maybe the biggest non-player news of the offseason unless you're a huge billy joel and sting fan and get all excited about those uh concerts that the cardinals drum up and then are kind of letdowns yeah yeah um cardinals having two sets two different concerts this this year uh and i don't know again i you know it's interesting right i mean that i feels like even if they didn't make money off that it's going to go in some other poll it's not going to go toward baseball operations. So that's a little bit frustrating, but um, I don't know if they make any money off those or not. Anyway, um, you know, just a chance for the field to get torn. Yeah, up. Yeah. But they've done, they, they usually going. get it put back together pretty quickly. And, you know, we'll, we'll see if it matters when it comes into September. <laughs> uh, it may or may not. We will have to find out. It does help. The rest of the division has been kind of quiet too. I mean, you think, look at, you know, for, for the Cardinals, you know, Cardinal fans, and we, I think we've talked about this some too, but it's always good to talk about. Um, you know, we got a little bit excited about things happening early, and now it's a little bit frustrating that that was all there was. The Cubs hired Craig Council, and that's it. I mean, how, how frustrating is it right now for, to be, I mean, getting here into middle of January, a lot of the big contract, you know, you, they were thought that, you know, if you're a Cub fan, you think you're in on Otani. That didn't happen. I think you're in maybe on Yamato. Doesn't happen. Um, sounds like Imanaga is going to possibly be a giant, you know, another one that's going to misplace. And, you know, are, are you are you stuck with bringing, hoping you can bring Cody Bellinger back? And that's not improving. That's just, you know, hoping that he can do what he did last year. So, you know, again, the Cardinals fans have frustrations. Um, but we're not the only ones in the division. Yeah. And, you know, I know there's people out there. I think Bob Nightingale said that the Cubs off season is just getting started. And um, I think it was Jim Bowden who said that they've made significant offers to Jordan Montgomery, Cody Bellinger, Matt Chapman and Rice Hoskins. Um, but it's one of those things, you know, if you go back to the beginning of the off season, we heard the Cubs and the Braves uh, were basically in on everybody. Mm-hmm everybody that was a big name they were in on and they've done nothing the the Braves have done some shuffling of the deck chairs on the Titanic but uh, the Cubs have done nothing and so yeah you know what they may bring back in Bellinger but they're not going to bring back Bellinger at the same deal they did last year they may have to pay Bellinger 200 million to bring Bellinger back in and they've got a lot of work to do just to get their team back to where it was last year because they've lost Bellinger. They've lost Stroman. They've lost a couple other key pieces. 
so yeah, they've got to do some work just to get it there. Now, if they end up bringing in Jordan Montgomery, Cody Bellinger, Matt Chapman, yes, that team looks a lot better, but I'll believe it when I see it. I think you could see them add one or two key pieces and yes, that'll make them better. I don't know if it makes them better than the Cardinals. I don't know if it makes them better than they were last year. I don't think it does, but right now, they've probably been the biggest surprise and disappointment of any team in baseball by just doing nothing. Uh, maybe the Padres are there because of trading Soto, uh, but yeah, not much going on there. Brewers kind of seemed the Brewers seem like they're a little bit confused about what they're mm. doing. Um, if Burns goes, they drop to the bottom of the central pirates. Haven't done much. Uh, the reds are the team that I'm a little bit scared of right now because the Reds have made some under the radar moves, but I believe they've actually spent more than the Cardinals at this point. And their pitching staff is sneaky good right now. And I don't know how their offense is going to be, but they're a team that right now, I think they may have the best pitching staff in the central and look out for them because they are a young team on the rise and hopefully they're still a couple years off, but uh, they may be at the top of the central this year. I mean, it's possible. Yeah. I mean, the Reds are a team that we thought, which the Reds are a team that, you know, a few years ago we thought, okay, they're, they're spending some money and, you know, at least they're, they're putting together a pretty good product. And then that kind of fell apart and they've drafted a lot of young guys, young, talented guys, and they're seeing a lot of those up now. I mean, they've got a lot of those there. So, you know, if those kind of guys take another step and you add in a little bit of, you know, the pitching that they've added. Yeah, I agree that I think you 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 worry about them a little bit. Uh, I still think the Cardinals right now are the favorite, but you know it doesn't take much for a young team like that to you know find every you know everybody kind of find it at one time, and that all of a sudden you're looking up at them. I, I don't know. Um, so to maybe go back a little bit, and we we're getting close to the end of the show, but the Cardinals did say Bill Dewitt said. 2023 was a wake up call for them. Do you think that's true? After seeing what we've seen, where we at right now, does it feel like that was a wake up call? You know, as a fan, an outsider, you look at it and go, no, because they haven't done much now tomorrow. If they trade for Dylan cease, you know, you take back your answer and it's like, okay, they, yeah, sure. My answer is going to be a big fat. I don't know at this point. Um, it may be one of those situations where they would say, yeah, it was a wake up call for us, but our hands are tied right now because of all this financial mess. Mm-hmm. And so we're planning for the future as opposed to just 2024. I don't know. Um, I, I, it doesn't look good from an outsider's point of view, just because of what they've done. But at the same time, spring training has yet to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've heard the Cardinals talk about being done or not doing anything before. And the next thing you know, they're trading for Nolan Arenado. Sure. So there could be still more to come. And I always try to be careful about judging a team on the off season until the off season's actually over. Now, if we're having the same conversation end of March, then yeah, I do wonder about it, but I, I really do genuinely wonder if they feel like their hands are tied right now because of the financial situation. If it's one of those, yeah, we would love to improve our team. It's just not going to happen right now because of all this mess going on. But I, I don't know. Um, I like to assume the best in people. I think the DeWitts really do care about the team and want to win. It just right now, it's kind of just a bleh, middle of the pack thing, just a doing just enough. But it feels like that's where the Cardinals have been for about the last 15 years. What's your take on that? Yeah, I, I think that the DeWitts want to win. But I also think the DeWitts want to win on their terms to some degree, right? I mean, they're not going to they're not going to go and say, okay, look, we're going to, we know we'll lose money this year, but we're going to go out and, you know, make a big move. We're going to make this move and really push to win this year. Um, You know, and one of the reasons why they, except for last year, been pretty much successful every year is that they don't necessarily get worked up about it. Don't try to make that push, but then you get stuck in those doldrums of, you know, 85 to 90 wins and you can't get anywhere in the playoffs because you aren't making those kind of moves that you need to make. So I, you know, I agree. I think that they want to win. Um, but I also think they're not going to. And, and again, we don't know how they, I mean, we don't always know how the intricacies work. And especially since they're the, you know, the face of a partnership group that goes, I mean, this is not just, you know, them, um, running this thing, although they're the best, the biggest part of it, you know, you know, cause some people would like to say, well, you know, 
Bill could sell that house out in California and, you know, add a little bit more to the payroll. Um, <laughs> and I don't, but that's also not how business works right, either. Right. I mean, it does it, but you know, I think when you, when you look at the old, the olden days, but back when you had a family that owned a, a, a team, right. You, you saw a little bit more of that. You saw the, the O'Malley's, you know, they wanted to win and, and, you know, and they weren't going to worry too much about the bottom line. Now the bottom line was also not, you know, you could lose $50 million or anything either. I mean, the, the money was different, but there was that sportsman's owner that had made all his money somewhere else. And this was his hobby and he wanted to win. Right. And that's not the way baseball works anymore. And that's definitely not the way that the Cardinals are working right now. And, you know, when you've got things like Ballpark Village and when you see other things like that, it, it does become frustrating to say, okay, they're putting a whole lot of effort and in, in money and in, in things that are not the ball team, you know, but we want to see them invest in the team so that, you know, people can go to those things. I I do feel like last year should have been a bit of a call, especially the second, you know, the second half of the year when people aren't showing up. Um, and I do think that they're going to want to do that, but you know, and you're right. Maybe it is the financial situation of things, but you know, they did not make a move. I mean, maybe Sunny Gray is enough to get somebody to buy tickets. Um, but even then, you're trying to, you know, one every five days, right? You know, it's not as somebody that you're going to go out and try to buy a ticket, season tickets, because Sunny Gray's on your team. Uh, and I don't know that they, I don't know that they raised the buzz around this team enough to get people excited about going back to the ballpark next year. Um, so we'll see. I mean, hopefully, you know, I mean, opening day is going to be packed and everything like that. But, you know, if there's a slow start in April again, it may not be till June or July when those seats start being empty. It may be May, and that's going to be a huge a huge issue for the Cardinals because they can't afford to handle that again. Yeah, something on that note that I found very interesting. I, I've told people on here before that Sonny Gray grew up just – a couple miles from where I'm at right now. Um, I passed by his high school a few times a week. And after they signed him, I thought it might be cool to get like a sunny gray Jersey or something like that, just because he is a local guy. And I thought, you know, Mm -hmm. if I happen to run into him or run into his family wearing that, that would be pretty cool for the first week that the Cardinals, after the Cardinals had signed him, there was none of his stuff Mm -hmm. on the Cardinals official website on the team shop. Um, Now, typically, even if that stuff's not ready yet to ship, which it doesn't take long because it's a quick printer thing, you can at least pre-order it and they'll ship it out when it's ready. They did not have anything on the Cardinals team shop for quite a while. I don't actually still don't know if they do. Uh, Maybe they do now, but it, it took a while and it made no sense to me. You're talking right before Christmas. But it told me that, that I guess the way the team viewed it or somebody in marketing viewed it, his name was not that huge name. You know, if it's Juan Soto, those jerseys are being sold the next day. Um, but it kind of told me that it it didn't move the needle enough for the marketing and sales team to jump on top of that. And I thought that's kind of a an indictment on the team. And it's kind of indicative of what people think, or at least what they expect people to think about this team. And it just really wasn't enough. Yeah. I mean, I've always found that they don't, and I don't know if it's just the Cardinals, um, that they don't get that stuff out faster. Um, yeah. Just doing a quick search for Sonny Gray on MLB is all twins stuff. And even that, doesn't really have Sonny Gray's name on it. So what is the heck, I, you know, I, I don't think I've been, I don't know that anybody's been really excited about fanatics taking over MLP shop and yeah. some of that as well. But, you know, I, I know that I have gone, you know, well, I want to say last year, even, I mean, you did have the Pujol stuff into the, in the team store, but it probably wasn't until late April or something like that till they get stuff. I mean, I don't know. I didn't go last year, but I don't know when Jordan Walker stuff started showing up. You know, it, could you even buy a Mason Wynn sh- shirt right now? Um, and, and again, I don't know how much of that is logistics and how much of that is, you know, you because they have to, you know, it's, it's a centralized process versus the team doing it. But yeah, I think you're also right that there's just not – I don't think there would have been a major run on, you know, sunny gray uh, jerseys. Um, they, I mean, there's people that are going to want to buy it. And, you know, if he has a good year here, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people that will get them, but it's not that you've got to have it, you know, right now type of thing. 
Um, I did love the fact that the Yankees were doing Soto jerseys, but you know, they don't put names on their jerseys, so it wasn't exactly yeah. difficult. <laughs> uh, so you just have to kind of know. But anyway, I yeah, so I don't I don't know how much of that is baseball not being great about a rapid turnaround, and how much of that is the the team. I mean, you know, I didn't search for Sonny Gray; it didn't even show him. You know, shows Twins and Athletics. It doesn't. You know, it didn't even show half the teams he's been on. So, um. I don't know. I, I, I think that that's something I just don't think there's that, that excitement. I mean, every, the Cardinal fans are going to be excited about the next season, no matter, but it's not the same as, Hey, this is the year they're going to make it to the playoffs or they're going to go deep in the playoffs or we like this team, you know, or, you know, we think this is a 90, 95 point team, you know, Brendan Schaefer and I were talking this week and, and he kind of, we both kind of agreed that right now this feels like an 85, 86 win team. And, that's just not a team that gets you excited. I mean, it's good. You like it. It's possible it wins division that way, but it's not the, you know, the real over the top excitement. It's it's just kind of a yeah, that's great. Yeah, I guess glass half full. You're like, well, that that's the Arizona Diamondbacks mm-hmm. of this past season. Glass half empty is that team may not make the playoffs. Right. And yeah, I agree. I think that's about where they are right now. Where and all it would take is just altering it two or three games either way. And that's the difference between winning a division or finishing third in the division. Um, so yeah, that, that's not a place you want to be at kind of just teetering on the edge of the fence uh, one way or the another. You, you really would prefer to be this team is above and beyond any other team, in the division. And no, they're not there right now, especially with the way that the scheduling goes. Right. Yep. All right. Well, it's we've gone about double our normal time, but that's what happens when you don't do it for a month. You got to get a, you got to get the reps in. Uh, but hopefully, David and I will be back maybe on our normal Sunday at one point in time, depending on how things go. Uh, we'll do that soon. I know that you know next week is winter warm up, so there should be some some news and things coming out of that, um, and hopefully, we'll be able to talk about that. But until next time, for David. How much for your autograph? Uh, people are are really lining up for that, and um, I'm I'm I think I'm paying thirty or forty dollars now to sign. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's hard on me. Let me tell you, you know, uh, I don't know, I, I I can't afford to sign my name very much more, but <laughs> but you know, nobody's going to take it otherwise. So, uh, so <laughs> anyway, so until next time for David, I'm Daniel. Good night. Cardinals a lead for the first time tonight, which he does. Is it good?